Back to our subject. We're learning about the midah of zehirut, of being cautious, careful, thinking before we do thinking about our actions. He says, that's what we're up to. If you remember, we said last time that be'olamo means people live in their own world. Without contemplating what they're doing in their life. Without contemplating if his way is a good way or or his way of life is not good, if a person is in his world without thinking and assessing each and every act and his general outlooks on things to see if they're really but they're really tov. They're good. Who doesn't want tov? Who doesn't want good? Everyone wants them good. Just because you want good doesn't mean you're getting it. You have to think if what you're doing is actually good. He says he's like a blind person who's walking on the edge of the river. Asher sakanato vadai atsuma. There's no question. I mean, even if the guy doesn't fall, but the fact that he is on the edge of the river and he's blind means he's in a very big danger zone. Veraato kerova mehatsalato. And the odds of him falling in is greater than him not falling in. That is the situation of a person in this world. If he's not thinking, he is considered walking in blindness in a very dangerous zone. Now it's interesting that the Mesilat Yesharim basically tells us to think if what we're doing is good, is the right thing, or is the wrong thing. One might have argued and said, listen, maybe first, a person should commit himself to do the right thing. Maybe he should think about that first. And then see if he's doing the right thing or not. The Mishnah jumps and says, listen, a person has to assess if what he's doing is tov. Are you doing good in your life? Or are you doing bad in your life? That's jumping a step. I would have said that each person should first think if he wants to be Tov or he wants to be Ra. Before you tell me to see if I'm doing good or bad, first I have to decide to be good. If I don't decide, imagine a guy is giving advice how to buy shoes for his business. But he didn't decide yet that he wants to be in the shoe business. So what, what value is there to give him advice how to buy shoes 
if he's not interested in buying shoes. You only advise somebody about shoes if he wants to be in shoes. So the Mishra Sharim seems to be skipping. He's saying a person needs to think if you're doing tov or if you're not doing tov. But wait, shouldn't you be thinking first that you want to be tov altogether? This only is valuable to a person who decided that he wants to be tov, he wants to be good. He wants to live a life of greatness, of, of accomplishment. He first has to decide that, first contemplate. Wait, let's start. Let's think. I really want my life to be rich. I want my life to be full of greatness. I want to achieve in this world. I want my character. I want my midot. I want my greatness, my spiritual greatness, my greatness between me and God, between me and my friend my relationships, I want this world that I'm living in to be full of greatness. I got to make that decision first before you tell me, well, you got to see, is what you're doing good or is not good? I got to first decide that I want to be on that side of the fence. But if you notice, the Messiah Sharim doesn't say, hey, sit down and think, do you want to be good? Do you want to live a life full of success and full of accomplishments? And full? Why does he say that? Why does he tell us part of hitbonenut, part of thinking, is to think where you want to be first, and only after that, now, now let's see, if you're doing the right thing so you could be there. There's, there's a zehirut one step before. But wait, we read it, but he skipped it. What seems from the Mishra'i Sharim is that there's no need for a person to sit down and think, do I want to be a great person? Do I want to be an accomplished person? Do I want to be tov? There's no need for that. That's, that's an automatic. There's no human that comes down and doesn't want to accomplish and to be good. The problem is that they mess up what's called good. That's where the human destruction happens. There's nobody who decided they want to be off, they want to be unaccomplished, they want to be not a great person. Nobody decided that. But what happens is that they're off in their assessment of what's called good. So that's why the Misa'i Sharim doesn't bother telling us that we should sit down to accept upon ourselves to become great people. It's good to know that, by the way. It's good to know that that part of our life is automatic. Hashem already gave us this. By the way, where does that come from? Where does it come from that every person on the planet has a desire to be good? It's an amazing thing, by the way. You know, good and bad is only by humans. If you, you can't say, for example, tables are, oh, it's a good table. Ah, it's not a good table. There's no such concept of good and bad in physical things. There's, there are things that work and things that are broken. But good and bad only applies 
to humans, this concept of I'm a good person, I'm not a good person. Where did humanity get this automatic inner drive to be good? Let me tell you, you walk out on the street and you stop anybody and you throw them a line that either hints or expresses clearly that they're a bad person, they will get offended no matter who that person is. They will be upset. You say, you know, you're a rotten person. You're a bad person. You're an evil person. People will get upset with that. Why should they get upset if they call them evil? Why, why, why is that so automatic that every person has an innate desire to be good? Even the guy running the mafia, when he goes to sleep at night, He's thinking about all the good that he does. All the people in his neighborhood that he's supporting and that he's giving charity to. He's thinking about his children, how he's a great father and how he's taking care of them. Even, you'll forgive me, Hitler, your when he went to sleep at night, he thought he's doing good. Don't think for a second Hitler thought he was involved in a terrible crime against humanity. The opposite. He thought he was doing the biggest mitzvah in the world. He thought he was saving humanity from something very, very terrible and very bad. So the terrible people in this world are not thinking that they're terrible. It is natural for every human to want to be good and to feel good about what they do. And if you would call any of them bad, they would be hurt and offended. The question is, where did that come from? Why should a body of meat and skin, and why, why should it have any kind of um, opinion of being good or not being good? Where does it come from? So actually, actually, it's a Gemara in Masechet Nida. The Gemara says that when a child is formed inside the mother, so for nine months, or however long he's there, he learns Torah with a Malach. Well, to most people, it sounds very odd. They don't see a shtender inside the mother. They don't see Sefarim. They don't see a shiur going on. So, like, throws them off. What are, we, what are you talking about? The malach is there now, learning with them. Habrutot. Where is the sound of the, of, the, of the arguing? What's going on? Because people are small-minded when they hear something like this. They have to only imagine their own way of seeing things, and they don't see it there. But what it means is, is that during this formation of the child, they're programming his mind with all the values of life. All the values of the Torah. Is, he's being programmed. Now when he leaves, they hit him and he forgets. 
completely, just doesn't become as accessible as if it would, there'd be no free choice. But who is being taught this value? A neshama. You have to know that a neshama is part of Hashem. The goodness that every human desires is one of the greatest testimonies that we have something beyond a physical body. If someone wants to tell you, show me, where is the human soul? Where is it? Tell them, why does every human desire to be good? Where did that come from? His arms? His, his fingers? What wants to be good? Which part of us wants to be good? It is our neshama, which is in its essence good. It is a part of God Himself. Hashem gave us a part of Himself. No, not the Yetzirato. No, the neshama itself is a piece of good. It's a piece of God Himself, which means that our very core is goodness. And we desire to be good. And we feel good when we do good. When, so, when you help somebody, it's this great feeling. What is all people? Jewish is a higher level neshama. But all people have a neshama. And therefore, when, when we do something good, we write a nice check. We just lost a million dollars. We feel great when we help somebody. We gave up our night to go and help somebody who is in need. We feel great. We spend five hours of our time learning. We feel great. When a person feels great when they do good thing, even though it took actually a physical sacrifice, why should writing a check when you lost money feel good? Why should giving up your time for somebody feel good? You just lost time. Why should giving your energy to somebody, why should that feel good? You just gave up your energy for someone else other than yourself. Eating feels good, that's for you. Drinking feels good, it's for you. Taking care of yourself feels good, it's for you. Why should it feel so good to cross someone the street? Why should it feel so good to sit three hours with a guy and advise them how to get out of their issue in life? Why should that feel good? The answer is because it's our neshama tingling. It's our neshama saying, awesome, this is exactly what we need. We need to feel good. So, so it's natural for every human to want. There's an internal desire to want to be good. And that's why the Mesilat Yesharim doesn't tell you, hey, sir, sit down and decide to want to be good. There's no need for that. That's obvious. It's something we're born with. Our souls are constantly screaming for it and enjoying it when it comes. You have to know that. It's very important to know that, you know, it's important to know that because, you know, deciding to be good is a whole new, you know, it's a whole new study. It's a whole new decision. It's so good to know that it's already within us. We don't have to do anything. We already want to be good. You know, one of the, one of the 
counterfeit in this area is while a person has this innate desire to be good, sometimes it's translated in the wrong way. One of the biggest misconceptions of this feeling within the person is that it's in, I have this desire to be good. It's already there. But instead of working day in and day out to become good, I spend my entire life trying to look good. Hello? Which means we take this inner drive to be good and instead of putting the effort in doing what it takes to become good, to become good, you have to invest. You have to invest time. You got to learn. You got to give up of yourself. You got to give of your money. You got to give of your time. To be a good person, it requires sacrifice of a lot of things. You don't just become good by sitting on a beach chair. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. You can't go on a vacation your whole life and wake up one day and you're a great person. Greatness requires investment. That's obvious. No pain, no pleasure. You're not going to become a good person if you don't invest. Now, by nature, we're lazy. We're all lazy by nature. You ever see that guy? Oh, that guy's so lazy. Everybody's so lazy. Everybody's lazy. A human by nature is lazy. That's the way Hashem made us. And if you want to do, you have to infuse your body with energy to lift your laziness. That's why gravity always comes down. Why does gravity always come down? Because the natural state of the physical world is not to be up, is to be down on your couch, on your chair, on your bed, doing nothing. That is the, the natural state. If you want to pick something off the ground, you have to bring in outside energy to lift it. That is the same with a human. Humanity also, as a human being, we have a spiritual gravity called laziness that just always pushes us down. I'd rather not go out to help somebody. I may have to sometimes, but I'd rather not. I'd rather not have to get up and do this. I'd rather not have to invest my brain in working and learning. I'd rather not because gravity is always pulling me down. If you want to rise above your laziness, you have to infuse energy. It's got to be a positive step that you take. By nature, we don't go up. By nature, we go down. So now... Humanity's got a problem. They have an inner drive to be good, to be great. To be good and to be great requires a tremendous amount of investment. By nature, I'm lazy. So I don't really want to invest. So what happens? Comes 
the alternative, the Yetzirah, says, I have a solution for you. I have a solution for you. You have a drive to be good. We need to, we need to make you good. Because otherwise you can't exist as a human being. You can't live your life every day feeling that you're not good. But to be good is going to require a lot of energy, which I know you and I both know, says the Yetzirah, we don't want that. We want to live a more easy life. We are not really interested in, in sacrificing too much. Says the Yetzirah, I got the solution. I found you a way of how you could be good and you don't have to invest too much. Invest very little. How? If you look good, you will also get the feeling that you're actually good. It's like a counterfeit feeling. It's like, it's like love and lust. When you love someone, you really love them. When you have lust, it feels like love. You know, people say, I'm in love. They went on a one date and they're in love. Unbelievable. The love. He's in love. One, he saw one time. I told you once, a guy told me that. He went on a one date, never dated a girl in his life. Never saw a girl in his life. Forget, forget, forget David. He went on a date. I saw him the next morning. I said, No, tell me how to go. He's his rabbi. I am in love. This is the greatest woman in the history of mankind. I told him, I told him, and you are the biggest tipesh I have ever met in my life. What's he in love? She painted her face. She smelled good. She was dressed nice. And she smiled the whole night. She told him everything he said. Oh, you're so right. Gorgeous. What, what, what better? He fell in love. That's called love. That's not love. That's fake. That's lust. It's not love. But somehow, for every authentic feeling, there is a counterfeit in order for there to be free choice. Because if every human has a desire to be good, and he'll only feel good when they do actual good, then where's their free choice? So therefore, Hashem gives us the desire to be good. It's part of our nishama. But there has to be a counterfeit. Because otherwise, there's no free choice. So what's the counterfeit of feeling successful in life, feeling accomplished in life? The real way is you got to do things. You got to learn. You got to open up books and learn. You got to sit and spend time. You got to take time out of your life and your brain and sacrifice. That's the only way you're going to be great. You got to learn. You got to do. You got to get up early. You got to help people. You got to be involved. Which good thing, which real good thing doesn't require a sacrifice? Says the Yetzirah, I can get you the same feeling that you're good. I can get it for you. Shortcut. Ah, we love shortcuts. He says, if you can convince the people 
around you that you're good. Now for that you don't need to what sacrifice. Like for example, if you make a few jokes and they laugh, laughing at your jokes. So they think you're somebody. Ah, look at that. Instead of waking up six in the morning and putting hours and hours, you crack a joke, they laugh, they think you're, sh they say, you're unbelievable. Wow. And now all of a sudden, you say, oh, wow. I'm good. I got all these people to live. Instead of working hard in school, during class, say something stupid. And everyone says, wow, this guy's so sharp. Who were the sharp guys in school? The guys who had a pen and paper and were writing? Those guys are the biggest dips, the biggest losers. They sit there writing and learning. Nerds! Exactly. You, with one little joke, tell the teacher something wild, and you got the whole class eating out of your hands. And you're feeling, oh, this is great. It starts when you're little. These are the, 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 this is like the, the training for life. You start in third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, eighth grade, and you start to like when people notice you. So people now call you when they need something or they want to go somewhere. So they call, they're going to call you because you're so hashu. Understand? And then your whole life becomes with one purpose. Your purpose is to convince as many people as you can that you're something special. How do you do that? Well, if you can make a lot of money, that would be an easy way because once you have a lot of money, all of a sudden you have a lot of friends. Now all these friends obviously are not friends. They're all fake. As all wealthy people, I've, I've come to learn that wealthy people have a very hard time making friends because they suspect every person that's getting close to them that they're not really their friend. They just want their money. So they end up having very little friends because they feel that anybody who's coming to them is not real. So they actually become very, very lonely, believe it or not. This is a fact. It's a, it's a real fact. But the Yitzharah, he convinces you that if you can convince people, look, if you wear something sharp, yeah, and they see you, they say, wow, look at that suit. And, what, and what's happening to you? You feel great because you look good. You don't, even, you, don't have to, you don't have to actually give charity. You have to make them believe you're a charitable person. So like, if you give $10, but you make a lot of noise with it, so then you are hashu. People all over town are saying, look how charitable this guy is. Now in reality, you're not so charitable because according to what you have, you should be giving 
a hundred times more. But you learn how to give in such a loud way that people think that you're charitable. So then, in people's eyes, you're doing good. Once in a while, you'll make a comment that sounds smart. They say, oh, wow, Sky, so smart, so wise, done. What are you all these books for? As long as people think you're smart, you're smart. Get the right car, get the right look. Sometimes the look is to wear something nice. Sometimes the look is to wear something not nice. You have to be smart. You have to be to convince people that you're somebody. It's not, it's not, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, sometimes. Some, sometimes you have to wear things that don't look nice. So people say, oh, look, this guy doesn't care about anything. Oh, and now you feel good. Feel great, because now you're the guy who doesn't care about anything. So this is a game, basically, that we've been playing since we were little. It's a game that never stops, never ending. And all it is, is a substitute. First of all, that game is a great testimony to our neshama. When you see people trying to get others to think they're special, that is the greatest testimony to the human soul. Tables don't walk around trying to convince people they're special. But humans do. They have this drive inside of them to feel special, but they spend their whole life trying to look special instead of trying to be special. And all they turn out with is nothingness. They're empty. They have nothing. They convinced that guy yesterday. Today he turned his back. They convinced another guy tomorrow. What did that mean? Anyway, who cares? It's all fake. It doesn't make it, it's all not reality. What people think, first of all, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change you if people think you're special. It doesn't make you special. We have to stop in life and realize that what makes us special is what we are, not what people think. So what people think doesn't matter. It doesn't make me special because you think I'm special. It may give me a good feeling, but I got to be careful from that feeling. Because that feeling is intoxicating. That feeling is misleading. It's giving me the feeling that I'm special, but it's like a hot air balloon. There's nothing in there. It's a question of time before it deflates. And, by the, and, and I'm telling you, this is the story of almost every person that we've met, including ourselves. We're in that zone because we've been in that zone for so long. It's like our automatic reach our automatic reach for good is just to be recognized as a good person but we have to remember that it's fake it doesn't mean anything when somebody thinks you're good it doesn't mean anything it does it has no value in reality besides they don't even think you're good <laughs> it's all it's, it's a lie they do not think you're good nobody's thinking about you nobody cares about you right you're walking into a room, you walk into a room and you think everyone is saying, wow, the guy, look how awesome he is. 
Look how great he is. Amazing. Right? Everyone walks into a big room and thinks the whole room is looking at them. And they're all just dreaming about them for about... And they're so... Wait. And they're so convinced that they're embarrassed to walk into the room. <laughs> you understand? They can't walk into the big room because I don't want everyone to be thinking about me. I, everyone, everyone is looking at me. It's... You know, you know that? People are... I don't want to walk into the big room because everyone's watching. Nobody's watching. Nobody cares. And if they see you, they just either ignore you or if they saw you for a second, they're on to the next. Nobody's thinking about you. So you're living in this fake world. A, to think that you're valuable because somebody thinks so. And B, nobody actually cares. That, that, is, that is the frightening reality. It's a it's fake reality. It doesn't exist. It is the alternative to the real goodness of life. This is something that's so obvious that the Misla Isharim is not even discussing it. He doesn't have to tell you, okay, guys, let's sit down and let's decide I want to be good. Nonsense. It's already there. But what happens is without thinking, you end up going into the wrong good. You end up going in the road of bad, spending your whole life trying to get people's approval and their stamp on you is the wrong derech. That's called ra. That's called the wrong road. You chose the wrong road thinking it's the right road. You didn't choose the wrong road thinking it's the wrong road. You thought it's the right road. You thought this is what my neshama is hungry for. This is what I'm looking for. I want to be good and look, I'm getting it. I'm popular. I'm famous. I got people to talk about me, to think about me, to dream about me. That's the mistake. That's why the Mesilaya Sharim jumps straight. And says, you need to know what's good and what's not good. That's where your mistake is. Your mistake isn't if you want to be good. That's why whenever you see a person out there and people say, that guy, he has no hope of being a great man. He has no hope of being good in his life. Look at him. Look at the way he is. Look at the way he acts. Look how far he is. He's off the derech. Not true. When you have good eyes, you have Torah eyes, you see a man who's thirsty to be good and frustrated in his ability to get there. That's what you really see. That's what people are. People are people who are searching for greatness. They just don't know where to search and they keep buying the fake avenue of getting there because of their laziness. So says the Mesilat Yesharim, be smart in your life. Sit down and start asking yourself. Like he says here, Im darko, is this the derech of tov or ra'a? Or is this the derech of ra? Because ra can feel like tov. Nobody decides ra for ra. You only decide that because you think it's tov. And that's why you have to assess, is this really good? 
Or it's not good, it's not. Good, you need the, the test. You don't need Ra to have Tov, but you need the test of Ra to be Tov. So this is a, this is a, a beautiful, again, the Mesai Sharim is so calculated in his writing, so beautiful, that he's getting us exactly to the point that we need to be convincing us clear that we are already good. We want to be good. Now we have to make the choice. And what's the reason why we end up in the Ra is another point. And what's the reason we end up in the Ra? Not because we think it's Ra, because we think it's good. And why do we think it's good? Not because we're ignorant. There's another Hidush here. The reason why we think that derech is good when it's not good. The reason why I think, oh, when people are giving me all types of uh, looks and, and, and they're noticing me. The reason why I think that's good is not because I made an error in intelligence. No. Because any intelligent person, if they would sit down and they would think it through, they would realize that means nothing. You understand? Sometimes you can make a mistake and it was an, a real mistake. Like you really thought this was good and turns out that it's not good. Says the Mislai Sharim, it's not like that. In the world of good and bad, it's really not about you making a real mistake in calculation. What's happening is you're not thinking enough. If you would be thinking, you would know in Tova Darko Ora. If you really gave time to think through all the things that you do in your life, you would know on your own what's good and what's not good. So the reason why you're ending up on the wrong road and why you're kind of thinking it's the right road is because you're not thinking. When you don't think, you end up thinking that the wrong places are the right places. When you don't put time to think, you end up automatically thinking that the wrong road is the right road. That's why he's telling you, you have to have hit boninut. Think through everything. You're, you're capable. You're a smart man. You can do it. Your neshama yearns for the good and your mind knows authentic good from counterfeit good. Your mind knows. You just need to think. You need to use your mind. That's why I'll just end off. That's why it says, we once learned this. That's why it says by Paro, when Moshe warned Paro and the Egyptians, the seventh Makkah was Barad, a hailstorm. And he warned them. Moshe Rabbeinu stood in front of Paro and he warned them. Tell your people, Barad's coming. Anything, anything, anything that's left out in the field, in the open, is going to be destroyed. So I advise you, bring everything indoors. Now Moshe Rabbeinu has been six for six. The predictions, actually, right? Four out of six. Because he only warned the first two and then he warned for four and five. Three and six, he didn't warn them. But in his predictions, he's four 
for four. Everything he said, there's going to be dam, dam came. Sephardim, they came. And now he's predicting that there's going to be a hailstorm. And he's helping you. Listen, guys, if you want to protect your stuff, don't leave anything outdoors. Bring him inside. So what happened? What happened? You know, today people buy insurance on the chance that maybe, 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 zero, zero, one percent, maybe something will happen. They're paying out of pocket every year thousands of dollars to protect themselves in case it happens. Tens of thousands, right? Tens of thousands, right? So here, here's a man telling you what's happening, for sure it's happening, and he's telling you how to fix it. Says the Pasuk, look at this, unbelievable. Says the Pasuk, he says, Hayare edevar Adonai, someone who is God-fearing, someone who sees Hashem in front of him, means someone who is thinking and is aware. He took all the slaves, all the cattle, inside, indoors. The other people, who are the other people? There's the God-fearing Jew, the, the God-fearing Egyptian. He did the smart thing. Who is the other guy? The other guy is the guy who is not God-fearing. The Rasha. But look how the Torah calls him. Vasher lo sam libo el devar Hashem. And the one who didn't pay attention, notice, doesn't say the guy who is the Rasha. The guy who says, I don't care, doesn't matter, I'm still doing the wrong thing. No, 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 doesn't say that. The guy who has Yirat Shamaim, the opposite guy, is not a guy who's against Yirat Shamaim. It's Los Sam Libo. He's just not thinking. He's not paying attention. He's living his life, letting it go the way it is, not putting any thought into what's going on. He's busy, he'll get to it. It's not, not time to think yet. When you're not Sam Libo, when you're not paying attention to your life, so automatically you're going to end up on the wrong road and you won't even realize you'll think you're on the right road. So this is the words of the Mesilat Yesharim that we learned today, beautiful words. Our automatic desire is to be good, but if we don't sit and work and study and think about what's good, chances are the Yetzirah will take us to a perceived good, to a counterfeit good, which ends up being nothing and ends up destroying the very things that we want to build. Have a beautiful day.